Welcome to the MCA All-Star Podcast, where we talk about all things operations so you can build the best real estate brokerage in this ever-changing industry. Today, we've got a great interview lined up for you, where we learn from one of the top operational leaders in the game. So break open your notebook, sit back, and enjoy the show. I am super excited today. Uh, today, we've got the famous Lance Callahan. Did I say your last name right? Yeah, you got it. Maybe infamous, but yeah, Lance Callahan. Infamous? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you're famous to me. I had so many people just reaching out to me saying, hey, you got to interview Lance. Uh, we're dying to know you know, his story, what he does. So, um, so here you are. You graciously agreed to be interviewed today. Uh, so we're going to put you on the spot, man. I hope you're ready for it. Let's go. Awesome. Well, the topic we kind of agreed to to cover today, there were a lot of things just when we were talking like, hey, we could cover all these different things. But the topic we landed on today was specifically around agent consultations. Uh, I know that's a kind of a big question or big topic that a lot of MCAs uh, or operations leaders are asking me about. Um, so that was kind of one that you said you're, you've got experience in. Uh, and I heard you say before that you guys are number one in say that again you're number one in your area yeah yeah so um i have just to kind of give you a little bit of a picture of um i don't know if we want to start with some foundational things so i oversee finances and operations of our territory which is five offices and then we have a bunch of business centers in two different states primarily my office is in lafayette louisiana uh, we're a pretty small metro area i think we're the third or fourth biggest in the state um but we when I started with Keller Williams about 11 and a half years ago, we were fifth or sixth. We were a small guy. Over that time, of course, we've grown. And for a number of years now, probably five or six years, we've been number one in our marketplace. And one of the stats that I'm most proud of that really speaks to our agents and our power in the community is a one third. And actually, it's over that. It's about 37 percent. But it sounds better when you say a third. Over a third of the transactions or a third of the homes sold in Acadiana are with a Keller Williams agent. So that's our market share. Awesome. I mean, we're really dominant in this marketplace. I love that. Awesome. And, and a big part of that, it sounds like is, you know, obviously as a, as a team, y'all offer a lot of value and yet you're contributing to it in these consultations. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So my background before I joined Keller Williams was in small business development. And so the small business mindset, the single owner operator, um, I started a small uh, HVAC company with my family, and then I managed a small surgical practice and stumbled into Keller Williams' office looking for a job, like most people <laughs> do, and um, and it changed my life forever. And the value that I was able to bring day one is I understood what it was like to be an owner-operator, not have any background in bookkeeping or just not understand anything, but have a passion, have a drive, have a dream. And then what I found that I love to do more than anything was to help them to begin to mold that and massage that into an actual business, mm. not just, you know, a paycheck every once in a while, but something that they could really be proud of and, and, you know, build that business worth owning and that legacy worth leaving. I love that. So you said you started 11 years ago. Did you just like right away jump in and start meeting with agents? Like, you know, how did you get to this point? What, is, what was that like? Oh yeah, man, day one, I had it all figured out. I was <laughs> yeah. signing the MRA. No, it was a disaster. It was a total mess. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, <laughs> I, I, one of the things I do well is is I, um, I'm not, a, this is just the gift that the good Lord has given me. I'm not afraid to talk in front of the groups. I'm, and one of the things that I've always done well is I've always been a pretty good parrot. 
And so I'll hear uh, a Gary Keller or Jay Papazan or Jason Abrams say something that inspires me. And then I just say that. And so if you do that enough, then all of a sudden people start to listen to you. And um, I did that a lot with my OP. I, I had my, my current OP was my team leader um, when I started. And so we've had a, and we're business partners today. Um, and that's been incredible. And, and he had been with Keller Williams for about five years previous. And so I just literally did everything he said and did everything he told me to do. And when he would do consultations, I would pay attention. When he was coaching agents on their business, I would pay attention. Um, it's so much so that sometimes they would call me little JD, which uh, <laughs> I didn't know how to take at the time, but I guess was a good thing. Um, and eventually I, I gained my own voice. But uh, in the beginning, all I did was when I when I heard, and I could, I could always pick up, when I heard JD say something to an agent and I could see their body language change and their eyes kind of glint a little bit, I'd be like, oh, that's it. That's the magic. That's what he's doing. And it took me years to really understand why he asked the question that he asked in the form mm. that he asked it in the arrangement that he asked it. And he didn't just say, why don't you go take a listing? He would say, okay, tell me what's your goal. You know, he would kind of unpack. And back in those days, I don't know if you remember, but we called it the four conversations. Mm -hmm. And so that became kind of the cornerstone of that hallway coaching moment, which has evolved a million times over the years. But that was my, that's what I started to develop back in the old days. I love that. So kind of what I heard you say is you actually kind of shadowed your team leader while he was consulting with agents. Is that right? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah. We we don't spend a lot of money on infrastructure, so our walls are paper thin. It didn't take a lot for me to hear every <laughs> okay. conversation he had. Got but it. We in our office was kind of small. His office was right next to mine, so we would we would do a lot of hallway huddles. We would do a lot of hallway conversations. Mm. He in the old days he had a little like those old school, uh, and you probably can't folks listening can't see my hands, but that old school <laughs> ear thing that old guys wear. He had that, and he would oh, walk yeah. around and pace the office and the talk. Little headset, yeah. The little head, but it wasn't little back then. It was kind of gigantic. Um, <laughs> and he would pace and he would lead generate and make calls and he would call agents. And so I just picked up on all of those things. And, mm. and I, I did that very naturally back in the day and it, and it helped me through my career. Got it. Okay. So you started, you know, kind of catching and picking up on questions or, or just sort of like the, the framework of some of these conversations at what point did you look up and say like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to have a consultation or I'm going to meet with an agent and, and work with them in their business. Well, it came pretty easily in the beginning and it was mostly around the numbers that tends to be the first um, conversations that we can command um, with a lot of expertise, you know, just consulting with someone about their numbers, consulting with someone about their financials, you know, walking them through commissions or DAs and things like that. Um, and so that be kind, you know, some of the first conversations I had um, were, were just very basic. Like I, one of the things I realized, and I, by the way, I have to continue to remind myself is that most people don't understand just the basic fundamentals of financials. I take it for granted because I live and breathe it. But like, I'll give you an example. Like I struggle to have conversations about like our finances with my wife. She just doesn't see it in that. And it's not, and by the way, she's brilliant and she's has, she's a social butterfly. So I don't understand how she can talk to that many people for fun. <laughs> And when I, we start talking about numbers, she, she zones out and she's like, I don't want to talk yeah. about it. And so what I had to learn in the beginning is that like, how do I unpack this in a way that's simple and unpack this in a way that is valuable, that mm. doesn't scare them away. But then the other thing is like, I, I can't assume they know what I know, right? Is that the mm -hmm. gift of knowledge or the curse of knowledge? Yeah. And so I, I learned very quickly 
that like, oh, I had to like unpack this for agents and they didn't just because they heard it once in um, career seminar doesn't mean they actually retained it. And by the way, they do a couple of transactions and you have to explain to them again because, and then you have to tell them what capping is and explain <laughs> them the numbers and all those yeah. kinds of things. Well, you know, that became the kind of the cornerstone of my initial conversation. And what I would do is I would just tack on little things like, okay, so how can you get your next deal? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's exciting. How do you get a better one? How do you get another one? Tell me where your next pending is coming from. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I didn't know what I was saying, but I just was reciting what my team leader was saying. I think that's such a great point, though, Lance, because like I remember sitting in the in the MCA chair going like it, it's super it, it makes sense. You know, people lead generate, they get all this business, it comes in as a closing, right? And like every everybody knows that that's how the the industry works. Everybody knows that's how the business works. And what you're saying is like, we get it because we see it so regularly with all of the agents we do business with. But if you're an individual agent, that that concept could be miles away. It's like not even on your radar because you're just thinking about the deal that you're in right now. You're just thinking sure, about of course. where you are today. So I yeah, love that. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you started having conversations with agents just around like, you know, basic numbers. But what? how did you get there? You, you just realized, okay, um, I want to meet with agents. And like, did you just invite them and say, hey, I want to talk about your numbers. Like, what did that, how did it actually get to that point? Yeah. So uh, one of the th- kind of turning points for me is I'd been in the MCA chair for a couple of years and I had, I had a maps coach at the time and we were kind of talking about what my goals were. And, and it, every MCA has this like this reaction to when you start talking about big rocks, they say, well, everything's important. Right. And they say, you know, like all these things have to be done. Like maybe it was just me. But for me, I, it was a point in my career where like I just didn't understand that concept in the MCA role. And one of the things that I unpacked with my coaches when we start talking about like, how can I have the most impact in my role? What I found is that I didn't have to overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. And which what we decided was every day, my goal was I was going to have to, I was going to have two, um, and I forget the verbiage, but effectively two mm-hmm. uh, meaningful conversations with agents about real estate. Mm-hmm. So nowadays we might call that coaching or consulting in some form or fashion, but it was a purposeful, you know, walking around the office and saying, Hey, tell me about your business. What can I do to help? And I was able to develop scripts around that. Like one of my favorite scripts is, and very often I would say, Hey, tell me, how's your business? How's things going? How's your mom and them? I would use the Ford method before, like it was ever a thing. And then it it would come to some point in the conversation. I'd be like, okay, so tell me about your business. How's it going? And you develop kind of a, you react to their body language a little bit, but very often they would say, Oh, everything's good. I'm good. Thanks. And I would say, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. And they say, okay, great. And then I found that I made a subtle adjustment to my script and it had a more meaningful impact. So one of the things that I would say is I would say, hey, listen, I totally get that, but would you do me a favor? And they would say, yeah. And I say like, like a huge favor. And they would say, yeah, of course. I would say, if that ever changes, would you do me, would you just promise me that you would, you'll let me know and I'll be the first phone call you make? Because it's really important to me that we have meaningful impact in your business and in your family. And it, and truthfully, it's the best part of my day. So if that ever changes, would you please let me know? And it just, it, it adds something to the conversation of depth because when you ask people how you can help 10 times a day, it becomes noise. But when you yeah. really lean in and you take an extra second and you add a little meaning for yourself, because truly, I believe that. I mean, truly, yeah. I believe that, that myself and my staff, we wake up every day with the single purpose of helping agents grow their business and get from where they are to where they want to be. 
And I believe that that is what separates us from our competition because I don't believe they care about their people as much as I care about my people. Mm. And so the way that me as an accountant and an MCA with a million things to do would communicate that is I would just take one more second, one more breath, and I would reaffirm that and say, if that ever changes, would you promise me that I'm the first phone call you make? I love that. Yeah, and that that's so simple too, right? And it's like, it, you're not necessarily forcing them to come up with an answer right then and there, but you're reinforcing the heart, the intent that you have in asking in the first place. I love that. That's awesome. Was that, well, okay. What do you think keeps people from from taking that extra step, from really like emphasizing that point that you just made? Well, um, I think for me, like I was afraid of the answer. Like I was afraid they were going to ask me a question I didn't know. And so, and that happened, by the way, I I would have these conversations and very often it would go nowhere. Mm. And I had to understand that it was more important for me to have the conversation and be okay that it would go nowhere. And I say go nowhere, it just wouldn't be this huge revelation. But every once in a while, I would really have a meaningful conversation with an agent and it had meaningful impact in their lives and by virtue had meaningful impact in my life. And yeah. so I had to realize that it wasn't, it was about the activity, which is what we tell our people. It was yeah. about the activity. It wasn't necessarily about the result. The results mm-hmm. would show up eventually. And what I found is that over the years, I created this, this, you know, gang of stark raving fans of people mm-hmm. who truly believed that I cared about them and their families and their business. And I did, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I'm an MCA for me. And, and it's just, just me. Sometimes I struggle to communicate empathy and I struggle to. So I had to work really hard to to overcome that because I want to lock myself up in a closet and do long division like the rest of us, you know. That's my yeah. na- I'm a high I'm a high seat, and so I had to create parameters to overcome that. And for me, fear was a portion of it. Um, I would imagine that um, you know not knowing what to say is a, is a is what something that would hinder me. And then also like we get busy, you know. It's always something. And so if I didn't, I would mark on my calendar the the two people that I would talk to every day. And so it wasn't 10 people. It was just two. And so it mm. felt like, okay, I don't have any excuses not to do it. And if I, you know, nothing's going to catch fire or, you know, float off into the sea if I don't accomplish this goal and yeah. it meant something. And I had accountability through my coach, of course. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's something that, something that you said really resonated with me. Cause I find that sometimes we will, will wait because we feel like there's that answer or that, that question we're going to get that we don't know how to answer. Um, and I I don't know, I'm curious what your experience is around that, but like, I found that, um, I would never be ready until I, until I got that question. Like, it wasn't until I, I got the questions that I was able to go like, well, I don't know the answer to that. I guess I better go find out. And so like, if I had just sat there waiting to get to, to be ready, I would never be ready. And I'm curious, like, was that, you know. Was that part of that experience for you or what was that like? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what I found is that if you're just honest with people and be like, hey, that's a great question. But by the way, our agents get that from their clients all the time. Mm. And they have those same fears. So like I can sympathize, but I would just say, hey, you know, goodness, that's a great question. I don't get that very often. Uh, kudos. You stumped the MCA. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I, you have my word. I'll get to you before the end of the day and I'll do some research and make a few phone calls. Is that cool? They'll say, yeah. I'll say, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll text you or call you before the end of the day. I love that. You're way more generous than I am. Like, I think I'd probably need a week or something, but you do it by the end <laughs> of the day. That's cool. I, I get it. 
that's why you're famous so um, yeah 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 awesome well cool okay so so you got over that had some accountability started setting the goal of just doing you know having two meaningful conversations a day um is it still like that today or do you have any additional structure to that what is that like today no i I don't have a set goal per day um i tend to uh i i have um like i operate a little bit more like a like a coach right so i can link my agents have my um, info they can jump on my link and so very often when i teach a class or once a month i do a stats review and so we review national and local stats and so that becomes kind of my cornerstone and so what i do most days is either consult with a few different things that i have kind of spearheaded over the years so like i'll either consult with team building so um i've i've learned and developed scripts around building a fourth level team um we've i consult with 135s i did two of those yesterday so i sat with two top producers and we went through their 135 wait you um, mean agents actually like creating a 135 is that well we're we're doing a contest right now. Part okay. of this is we're doing a contest right now. And, and one of the bigger point items is to do one, three, five. And so like we're doing one, three, fives almost every day, but I tend to do a lot of uh, either top producing agents or teams or things like that kind of be become, we'll funnel those one, three, fives to the other you know people on the, it won't be a front desk person or something. Got it. Um, so I did two of those yesterday. I did a team consultation yesterday. So I tend to do around those a little bit more. Um, and the other thing that I've done uh, is I'll consult around what I call them the MREA 100K. So mm-hmm. we have the millionaire real estate agent, but what if we take that and synthesize it down to what does it take to net $100,000 in this business? And so I'll kind of coach around that as well. So that becomes less systematic around the amount of consultations I do and more topical. So okay. I usually consult around those things or I'll consult around like one of the things I've been talking about is. Um, how to create buyer urgency in high interest rate conversations. So the biggest objection we have now is I want to wait for the rates to come down. And so mm-hmm. what I'm coaching agents is like, hey, like do the math. And so I literally break out a whiteboard and work through it with their agents. And so I get probably one or two a week where an agent will either film a video of us two together so they can share on social media, or I'll just walk through the math with them just to help kind of walk through those scripts about, hey, what does it look like to actually put the math on the page? And what you'll find is that what we're really talking about is a very nominal number and they shouldn't pass up the home of their dreams just for, you know, $800 worth of an interest rate for the next eight months. Mm. Okay. So how did you get to that point, right? You went from asking agents, Hey, what are you struggling with in your business? If you think of anything, like make sure on the first call to now you're actually consulting around specific topics. What was, had, what was that journey? Like, how'd you get from A to B? Well, it became around that became the kind of for one, that's what inspires me and what's what I'm really passionate about. And so obviously every single one of those has to do with numbers and how to utilize the numbers to um, create change in your behavior and your mindset and all those things. So like I get really, really passionate about those kinds of things. I also um, I, I've taught a couple classes. So like I've taught agent financials quite a bit and there's elements of that in agent financials. And what I tend to do is I will adjust the topic based on the crowd. So if I have a bunch of top producers, then we're not going to spend the whole time talking about maybe some minor things. We're going to talk more about leverage and building a team. And we're going to talk more about those things, a mega agent mindset. But if I've got a bunch of newbies in there, well, then we're going to talk about the basics of lead generation and, and some of those more basic items. Mm-hmm. Um, 
developing those, you know, those elements and training, I've kind of created these little pockets of things that I've become, I don't want experts, not the right word, but just more familiar with and more comfortable to talk about. Um, and a lot of this, once again, talking about me parroting, like the, the scripts and, and the teachings I have around a, a, a mega agent one, three, five, or around a fourth level team, I literally just stole from Gene Rivers, right? Most of you guys know Gene Rivers. Um, and so like, he's, he's been brilliant at like very, in a way that almost nobody has, has taught how to very easily talk about a fourth level team. And so I just, I literally copy and pasted, you know, control, you know, C, control V. And, uh, and, and now that's how I teach it in my market center. Um, so part of that shifted is I, I just found what I was really passionate about, found what I felt like I was good at. And, you know, when I'm having those conversations, you can see it resonate with people. Um, and then I just, you know, I, I have a big market center, right? So I have 360 agents. Well, it gives me the opportunity to talk about it a lot. Well, and you know, you, you we kind of joke around like you copy and paste it, but it, it, that's actually no different than what Gary teaches us to do, right? He says, go think, you know, find what you're passionate in and see where there's a model of that already existing. You just found a model that Gene Rivers had and said like, well, that's a model that works. I'm passionate about that topic. Like, I'm just going to go learn that model and then go implement that. So yeah, one that. of the things that I did, um, my my former OP was the founder's organization, got me one of those little maps notebooks, you know, the little cutesy ones where it's got the little elastic strap around it. Yeah, and my, I think I have I one it, right like, here. Yeah. yeah, I have them all over the place. I have one that, yeah, exactly. Mine's black. I have one that my former OP gave me when I first joined and I just started doing notes in it. And what I found is every time I went to a mega camp, I would bring it. And then it became the most valuable thing I own aside from my family, which I don't own, but the most valuable thing I own because I can't replace it. It's everything I've ever learned at Keller Williams. Mm -hmm. And so every model that I've reviewed, every idea I've ever had, every quote that inspired me makes its way into this journal. And it's got paper stick out of it. It's a mess and I love it. And it's, it's like I said, it is the most valuable thing I own. And I reference it routinely. I referenced it today just to see if there's anything else that I wanted to kind of bring up. But it's all the things that I know that I want to parrot and things that I want to commit to memory and things that I know can help other people that I've learned over the years. I love that. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I feel like I had a, I was going to ask you to just about Oh, you, you were talking about being the expert. Um, and that just kind of reminded me of what you said earlier on of like, you know, that the curse of knowledge. And it, mm -hmm. it just, that was a big aha for me just hearing you talk about that. Like, I think sometimes we feel like we have to be the, the pinnacle expert. And really what you're saying is weren't like, don't get hung up on being like the ultimate expert. We're just talking about do you do you know more than the person that's you know meeting with you knows, and not even about like just life in general, but like about this topic, right? You know more about this topic that they could benefit from, right? So that just kind of struck me around like it's not it's not about being the expert; it's more just about having knowledge that they can benefit from and being willing to share that. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely, I. Um... And sometimes we make that, you know, our, our business doesn't, is not super complicated. It's hard work, but it's not, it's what I love about our industry is, is success is not hidden from us. It's not underneath something where we got to go discover it. 
like, or define it. Like we can open up the MRA and we actually, if you learn the MRA, you have all the tools that you need to coach to the highest level. Um, Mm -hmm. Now that can be scary because now it's incumbent upon us. We don't have to go invent the next wheel. Mm -hmm. And um, it can be very freeing because the, what can coach to a mega agent is generally mindset. Like the two conversations Mm -hmm. I had yesterday around 135, we didn't dig deep into the 135 because what I found is that one of my agents is having his very first baby in December. And so all of the challenges he has in his business are around mindset, not around whether or not he can make the phone call or convert the lead. Mm -hmm. By the way, he's amazing at that, but it's, you know, like, what is it like to build a business now that I'm taking care of somebody else? And like, he's a younger guy and, those are the things that like, okay, now we can dig in deep and this is the this is the heart of the matter and this is how I help him get to the next level. So part of his, you know, one thing such by doing it was like, hey, I'm gonna wake up early and start my business earlier, right? Mm. Those are things that kind of you you we get to unpack with people and so we get to help them to, you know, build their business and by virtue a life worth living. Um, those are the good times. There's a whole bunch of bad times or, or tough times or inconvenient times, but those are the good times for sure. Yeah, I love that. Uh, one of the, I guess, uh, challenges that I see people face when they're moving from you know, or moving to this space of sort of working with agents or, or meeting with agents around their businesses is, hey, I never sold real estate or I don't have my license. Like I don't have a background in real estate. Um, is that, is that anything like, did you struggle with that as well? What was that like for you? I still do. Um, I, one of the things that I leaned heavy on is my judgment. Mm. I'm like, I heard Gary Keller say this in my very first family reunion. He said that when he started selling real estate, he, he said, uh, he would be with a, a client. He'd say, Hey, one thing you have to know about me is I'm a professional. And what that means to me is I know what I know. I know what I don't know. And I know the difference. And I can guarantee you if I don't know it, I'm going to go find out. Mm. And that always resonated with me. By the way, it's in that book. Yeah. And so for me, it's I, that gives me that I don't have to know it all, but I want to have really good judgment. And so that means if I'm not, if I don't know what I'm saying to be true, then I'm going to go talk to a broker. I'm going to go talk to my OP. I'm going to go talk mm. to an agent. There's top producers walking around my office every day. I can go get coaching from those people. What I found is that the way that I learned the business without actually doing any transactions is I would just get coaching from top producers. And because that coaching went both ways, well, they were happy to help me. They were excited to help me. Yeah. And I would ask them some basic stuff in the beginning, and then eventually it got to be more and more complicated. Um, and now I feel very comfortable with you know, 90% of my business or 50% of my business um, solely because I've, I've, I've purposefully entered into those conversations and asked for help and asked for coaching uh, a million times over the years so that now I can go help mm. other agents without, you know, I've never executed a purchase agreement for a fiduciary for a client or as a fiduciary for a client, but mm. I could do it. No problem because I've, I've walked and talked through that and I've been through all the training and I've done all the things. Love that. So the judgment I think is critical. Yeah, that's huge. Awesome. All right. Um, so I heard, Going back to something you said earlier, you talked about, you know, you kind of will train and you'll, you'll have different topics of, I I guess, mastermind groups. Um, Do you meet one-on-one with agents? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. How did, how do you schedule that meeting? They just like, 
go find your link or do you ever like, you know, invite people to meet with you? What does that look like? Yeah, both for sure. My link is published. So like you could literally go to moneyman.pro and jump on my calendar. Um, and my agents know that um, very often, like one of the things that happens the most is I'll teach a, like I'm, I'll teach a stat presentation or I'll form a video and say, hey, here's a great objection. You know, like I'm talking about overcoming fire objections. So I'll post that to our Facebook page or um, I post a, a statistics blog for our uh, economic development here locally and I'll share that. And so very often the agent will say, oh, that was really good. Hey, can you explain that to me? Or can you break that down for me? Or can we do a video for my database? Mm -hmm. And I say, oh my God, yes, let's go do it. Or let's do it right now, or let's go schedule it next week. Yeah. Um, or any time that they make any comment about it, I use it as an opportunity to schedule a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, sometimes I'll do it right there on the spot, especially if I have a second or I feel like I have the engagement. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes if you lose an agent, then you might actually, you know, they might go on and then you got to go hunt them down later. Yeah. But, um, but sometimes if I know I really want to dig in, mm -hmm. um, and then I usually will ask a couple qualifying questions or clarifying questions. Um, can you give us an example? Like you're meeting was, with her, you have an agent who comments on something. What's like, what's your response to that? So very often they'll say, Hey, I want to, um, they, they, agents generally like the idea of knowing statistics, but they don't know what they want to use them for. So mm -hmm. I'll often say this is a good clarifying question. Um, numbers tell a story. Sometimes I have the number and the number tells the story, or sometimes I have a story that I want to tell and I'll go find the number to help me tell that story. Which one is that for you? Because sometimes oh, they'll say, I just want to get more listings. It's like, okay, great. Well, then let's talk about how low the inventory <laughs> is and how, many, how, much, how much equity people have in their homes in this neighborhood. Let's go find the stat. Mm -hmm. Or they'll just say, hey, listen, I know um, uh, sales are down in this area or sales are up in this area or days on market is low in this area. Um, what do we say about that? I'll say, okay, well, if days on market is low, that means it's not enough, it's not enough inventory. We need more listings. Like it's the same prescription yeah. actually but we can how we get there differs and so yeah. what i find is that everybody's idea of what why they want the numbers is a little different and then helping them to unpack that will help them think about the numbers in a different way but then mm -hmm. also be able to internalize the numbers and then i always you know like this is my love language right numbers so i'll spout off a hundred numbers and then i'll bring it back down which is a good tactic i'll say okay all you really need to know is this mm. is that inventory level is 2.5 months what that means is if we don't take another listing we will run out of homes to sell in two and a half months that means this is the perfect time to list your house love that yeah that is huge right it's like you're you're just simplifying it and you're connecting with them in a way where it's like they're now a part of that stat i love that it's like it's no longer like hey i went to the numbers guy he told me the stat and now I go take it and like, wait, what do I do with that again? Or what does this sure. really mean? Like you're you're actually involving them in in creating the little sound bite that they're gonna ultimately walk away with. I love that. Hundred percent. And listen, you gotta know who you're talking to. If I'm talking mm -hmm. to a high eye personality, you give them one number and you don't let them get distracted <laughs> by anything else. If you're talking to somebody who is a high C or somebody who really wants to dig into the numbers, then you can really nerd out and unpack a bunch of different ideas and mm -hmm. and let those conversations kind of like erupt. And that's great too. By, but mixing those two up can be a challenge. Like you give a bunch of numbers to somebody who doesn't is not what they're that's not what they're looking for, then they'll probably never come ask you again, or mm -hmm. they'll never actually use the number to generate more business because they're overwhelmed by it. Um, 
And so understanding who you're talking to, understanding the dynamics of that person, understanding why they're looking for a number will help you. And I tend to like to, um, in situations like that, I'll say, well, let's do a quick video together. You can cue me up. I'll say the numbers. You affirm what I just said. You look like the expert and you don't have to like over, you don't have to overthink this. And yeah. then we'll hit play on the video. I'll spout off what I just told them. They'll say, isn't that great? Why don't you call me today to list your house? And then they've got the content. Um, the value of Keller Williams is more concrete. They yeah. go get another listing and yeah. then everybody wins. I love that. That is so genius. Were you nervous being filmed? You're like, I'm Herb, I'm on a recording right now. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we everybody has superpowers, right? And yeah. um, everybody's really good at some things. There's a bunch of things that I'm not good at. Uh, my previous to real estate and previous to vocation, I was a youth minister. And mm -hmm. so I literally had to talk to children and teenagers every night. And so I had to build a presentation, you know, talk to teenagers who probably didn't want to listen to me, uh, which is not unlike real estate, oddly enough, <laughs> you know, uh, no offense to anybody listening. But um, so what that did is I'm not afraid to speak in front of public. Um, I'm not, I can read the room very well. Um, I can form ideas in real time while the conversation is happening. Um, and so I've actually, I've developed that as a skill and it's, it's been very valuable for me. So for me to hit play um, is like, that's, that's something that I'm very blessed. The good Lord has gifted me in that Avenue. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm not very good at. Um, and sometimes I get nervous, but the hit play and, you know, start talking is, uh, is very natural for me. Gotcha. What advice or, you know, what would you say to someone who might be listening? That's like, I don't know that, uh, the good Lord has blessed me with that skill as you so eloquently put it. Well, practice makes perfect. Right. Or uh, that's probably not even the right way to say it. Practice makes progress. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say if that's not your skill, then lean heavy into things that are your skill. Um, some people may never get that gifting and I don't want you to feel bad because that's not your gifting. Um, and go find out what is your gifting. For some people, they're better one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and they can actually write it out and then the other person can just read it off and that's sufficient as well. Um, or some people can actually type it out. So you could type out your same thoughts and form, like whatever your gifting is, lean heavy into that. Um, if you say, hey, I want to overcome the nervousness I feel, I'm not bad at it. I just want to be better at it. And it's all about um, uh, just the repetition and the practice. So I encourage you, do a weekly you know, a, a Monday morning market minute and just talk mm -hmm. about stats or talk about the marketplace and record a video for your agents internally on your Facebook page or email or whatever. Um, but just get in front of the camera regularly and then you'll, you'll get less and less nervous and then invite people, grab an agent, say, Hey, tell me about your business and record it, grab a staffer. Hey, let's record this thing real quick. Um, and if you make a goal to do it once a week, then in a year you'll be you know, an expert and you won't be nervous any longer and you'll get better mm -hmm. and better and better at it. It's always clunky in the beginning. Um, it's never going to be perfect, but in the way that we consume, uh, media nowadays, we actually don't want it to be perfect. We like it to be a little rough around the edges. We want some things to be nice, like the quality of the audio and things, but we want to see the humanity in people. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. So, um, okay. So that's a little bit about how you would, you would interact with an agent and kind of set an appointment from there. Um, do you, you know, you talked about you consult agents around their GPS, you consult them around the stats. Is there anything else like any other topics that we haven't really touched on yet? 
Um, one of the things that I have, so I've done some coaching, like, you know, obviously you're a coach, so you do um, weekly coaching sessions. And mm -hmm. so I do have a couple of people that they're not clients. I don't do any, like, I'm not a maps coach. So I'm doing any, like, but I meet with them regularly once a week. Um, and we talk about their business and, and I would call it like a consulting conversation. Mm -hmm. um, the consistency that is important. And so if you want to get better at those conversations, it's one thing to, in the hallway, talk about the four conversations, right? Talk about, you know, appointments and, you know, listings taken and transactions closed and profit. It's another thing to have a conversation with somebody week in and week out, because what you'll find is that now you have to go deeper and deeper and deeper and get to the heart of matters. And as you peel that onion, you have to really start to develop skills around um, asking great questions, you know, like that book, uh, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions or Great Leaders Ask Good Questions. I never know which one it is. But the truth comes around when you start unpacking the sixth, the seventh, the eighth question and really digging into the heart of the matter and understanding that when I ask, when I don't ask questions, I rob people of self-discovery. Mm. And so that's where you really define those skills. And that takes time. It takes going into those conversations and kind of falling short or walking away from those conversations and feeling like, man, I just didn't get what I wanted out of that conversation and understanding sometimes it takes time to unpack. But I would say that once you've, once you feel comfortable having the, you know, the, the five minute coaching conversation in the hallway about their numbers or their business mm -hmm. and offering that value, the next step would be like, Hey, what would it look like if we connected for 15 minutes every day, you know, Mondays at 2 PM uh, to talk about your business or whatever you want. Um, and let's see what we can do about having some meaningful impact in your world and, and developing that consistent follow-up for me personally, if I can be totally transparent with whoever's listening, one of the biggest things I struggle with now is follow-up. I'm really good at the five minute conversation. I'm really good if I'm, if I have a consistent thing, but let's say I do a one, three, five with an agent today. Um, if I were going to be a 10 out of 10, I should probably put something on my calendar to follow up with them in two weeks. I don't do that to be totally transparent. That sounds like really a great, you know, like, uh, if your coach is listening, like, all right, Lance, uh, now we know what we're working sure. on sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. If Karen's listening, I yeah. do have a math coach. If Karen's listening, Karen, you know what to talk to me about on Wednesday. There you go. Okay. I love that. So, uh, how did you get to that? Like, how did you get to that point where people are actually now meeting with you? You're coaching them. Like, did you ever have anyone say, no, I don't want to meet with you? Like, what's that? You know? Yeah. Like, I've been, uh, I don't want to say fired, but I've been fired <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, 100%. And it's, it's, I have to understand that, um, that's not about me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to do everything in my power to offer the most value. And that's my calling. And that's the thing that, that keeps me being better at it. But I have to understand that I'm only half of the conversation. Like they have to have ears to hear. They have mm -hmm. to be ready to, to have the information. It's really, at the end of the day, it's not about what they can do. It's about what they will do. And some people like it, it's, I, the activity is what's important to me. I'm going to pour in and I'm going to be better tomorrow than I was today. That's what's critical for me, but I have to be okay that if they decide not to, you know, take part in that, then that's okay. That's their journey. By the way, if I were going to be really accountable, I've had those moments in my life. For sure, I've been in coaching for the last ten years. For sure, one of, Karen has taught, told me something, and I just didn't do it, or I made excuses, yeah. or I couldn't overcome my own challenges or my own E to P moments or my own mindset. For sure, that's happened for me. 
And I still struggle with, you know, my coaching calls are most like all of us where I spend the first 10 minutes whining about something, my OP <laughs> and Karen says something brilliant and very simple. And I'd be like, well, I guess I never thought about that. I guess I could just make the phone call and then I do it and it's amazing. Right. And so I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I mean, we all are, it's humanity, it's human mm -hmm. nature. So I don't judge my agents or my people or whoever I might be in a conversation with. My role is to offer value and to ask meaningful questions. And to create leaders, that's my that's what that's what I've been called to do. I love that. Th they have a job to do after that, and um, all I get to do is do my part. The only thing I have my my I have a former TL who's actually a maps coach, Tara Bienvenue. Um, she used to say all the time. I actually wrote it on my wall between our offices. The only thing I have control over is my actions and my attitude. Mm. Right, and so I anytime I try to. Anytime I, I go beyond that, I tend to get frustrated. So I get frustrated with somebody else's actions. I get frustrated with the market. I get frustrated with Gary Keller. I get frustrated yeah. with everybody else. Don't, don't, I, let me, can we retract <laughs> that? I never get frustrated with Gary uh, Keller. This is a, a recorded back. call, Lance. Uh, <laughs> this, that's where the, the infamy starts coming out right there. Yeah, exactly. Or who I get frustrated with whoever. But truthfully, all I have control over is my actions and my attitude. Yeah. Uh, when I lean heavy in that, then I actually have the most meaningful um, uh, happiness. Yeah, I I love what you're saying. It's um what's coming up for me around that is it's like you're 100% invested in their success yet you don't hold yourself necessarily responsible to what the outcome is when they leave that conversation. Right? I don't know if that makes sense. Like you're definitely yeah, attached yeah, to the yeah. result, but in a way you're sure. also not. You're you're not attached to like you know, hey, did they go do this thing or – yeah. is that making sense? You say yeah, it better yeah, yeah. than I do. You you, you work on that <laughs> no, one. <laughs> it's a fair thing. Listen, if you're in this business long enough in a leadership role, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated with people not moving fast enough. You're going to get frustrated with people not doing what you say to be done. And listen, I have a staff of a dozen or so people. Like if I allow myself, I will be just frustrated all day long. But that's not what my my that's not what my people need from me. They don't need me to be frustrated. They need me to ask better questions. They need me to hold them accountable. They need me to help them meet their goals. They need me to understand that maybe the the thing that they're struggling with most doesn't have anything to do with work, and it's about their personal life. Mm -hmm. They need me to understand that there's uh, that they are a whole person, and that their relationship with their spouse or their children or their diet or their frustration with their fill in the blank matters, and it matters to me. Now, our gross and net and our profit matter as well. Like that's, Those things are equally important. For my agents, if, I, if I'm too overbearing, then I lose them because I make it about me and not about them. Um, I, heard this, um, I heard this saying one time about counseling. It's when I'm in a, and I, I'm not a counselor, of course, but it's resonated with me in my world because sometimes we feel like counselors with our people. I was going to say, it's, I was like, eh. yeah, <laughs> it's the thing that resonated with me is, is this person said that my goal is not to solve your problem. My goal is to help you to discover how to be someone who solves their own problem. Mm -hmm. And by virtue of that, we will solve that problem. Love but that. if I just solve your problem, I fail you. Mm. And so for me, like, how do I? be a strong enough leader and ask good enough questions that I help them to self-discover the answer. So they'd be the kind of person that can overcome those things. Love that. Awesome. Yeah, can we talk about an E to P moment? 
Uh, this happened just yesterday. We talk about an EDP moment. I don't just say, oh, that's an EDP moment. I want to ask them questions to help them discover that when those E2P moments happen, that they recognize it. So I literally say, your goal is to recognize those E2P moments when they happen. It's not to overcome the E2P moment. By recognize, by virtue of recognizing it, then you can self-discover the tools and resources. Because listen, it's how do you overcome E2P? It's coaching, it's consulting, it's training. Well, that's that's something you have to go get externally. Mm-hmm. So you're not solving your problem. You're saying, oh, I have a problem or I have a challenge or I need to overcome this e2p moment well let me go ask let me go seek coaching let me go read something let me go discover it i love that lots of great stuff um i'm wondering what did i not ask you what what should we what did we miss in this conversation today um don't stop like Mm. that's the thing um i heard this stat one time that the average lifespan of a, a tl i think is two years and an mca is 18 months or maybe those are reversed wow. It's way too short. Um, what I find is that a lot of people get overwhelmed. Um, I asked this almost, this, I asked a question similar to that to Rebecca Rose on a regional call and she was brilliant and honest and God, she's just the best. Um, it's true. And she said like, Hey, if you're in your first year, just don't, don't let the building catch fire and pay the bills. Make sure everybody gets paid. If you do that, take a breath. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, thank you for saying that. Cause I, you know, we all feel so bad that we're not, you know, like saving the world every day. Yeah that we get overwhelmed and we get discouraged. Mm -hmm. But I encourage you, like, once again, like those, you're never going to get caught up. You're Mm -hmm. never going to solve all the problems. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been through, I'm on my fifth team leader. Um, I've literally had to train five teams. Like (laughs) I have, I'm right. So that can be terribly frustrating to, to, Mm -hmm. you know, coach up and lead from the backseat is what I call it. And the worst thing I can do is I can get frustrated and I could throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've had, if I've done anything right is I just promise myself that I'm not going to stop. Um, yeah. If I've got any competitive advantage, here's what I know to be true that I will never stop being better tomorrow than I am today. I'll yeah. never stop. I'll never stop trying. I'll never stop being better. And so my tenacity is maybe my greatest strength. Um, and so for anybody who's listening, whatever your role is, I encourage you, take a breath, give yourself some grace, say, how can we make this better? Get counseling, get coaching, get consulting, uh, or get consulted, and uh, and don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. If you feel like, and I will say this, if you feel like you're in an environment that you can't succeed, find a new environment. There's an incredible amount of opportunity in this in this company and in this industry. 10% of the nation's wealth is in real estate. We've all stumbled into the number one company that opens up more opportunity than any other company on the planet in the number one industry that creates more wealth than any other industry on the planet. We literally are sitting on the lottery ticket. We just got to figure out how to cash it in. I love that. And I, I love your passion around it. And it's so true. One of the things that uh, I feel like I'm, I'm rem- I remind people regularly is, you know, we're a company that sets goals. And that's a good thing. And kind of a byproduct of being a company that sets goals is we're always focused on what's next, right? What have we not yet tackled? What have we not yet perfected that we're going to go and tackle? We're going to go and 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 improve it. Um, and that's a good thing because I feel like you know at least my nature is I'm, I'm always looking, like you said, to be better the next day. Um, and I think one of the one of the challenges with that though is we do have to accept that if we're always focused on what's not working, that can sometimes feel overwhelming. And we just got to learn how to kind of balance that, 
you know, sure, recognizing sure. where we where we started and where we are today and being okay with, okay, there's a little bit of mess that we still have to clean up. Sure. Yeah. I, it's something that resonates with me is something that Jason said. It was either at the end of last year, the beginning of this year on a growth call, uh, Jason Abrams said, he said, this year, I'm going to work harder than I've ever worked before. I'm going to love harder than I've ever loved before. And if I need time to heal, I'm going to take time to heal. And I just wrote that on my heart of like, yeah, and by the way, I needed some time to heal. Mm. <laughs> and by the way, I was working really hard and I was deathly afraid that I was going to have to work harder. And so it's like, it's important for us. If we're going to have some longevity in this business, in this industry, like we got to take time to heal. we got to give ourselves grace when it's time to give grace um, and understand that we are playing the infinite game. Like this, like Simon Sinek says, the infinite game. Awesome. I love it. Anything else on, on consulting your agents? Nope. Just do it and do it better. And listen, if I can ever be of service to anybody, obviously uh, Herb is the expert, all the great guys at maps coaching, but um, you can always find me at my email is moneyman at kw.com. Uh, or you can, you can schedule time on my calendar, moneyman.pro. Um, if anybody would ever want to do script and role play, um, I'm happy to do that. Or if anybody wants to pick my brain, um, I've worn multiple hats over the years. And so I've been to multiple market center MCA. I've, uh, I've worn the OP hat. I've pretty much done everything. And so I'm happy to share and be of service. Uh, anything above and beyond what Herb's going to do. I love that, man. Thank you so much. You've been super gracious with your time. Uh, you're amazing. It's, it's no surprise that people were like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta go interview this guy. Um, and you know, I, I feel privileged. We had the chance to meet you know, at, at one of the many KW events. So it was great yeah. having you on, man. Seriously, I, I really appreciate you spending the time. I know I learned from this. And so I hope and trust that anybody listening also learned from this. So yeah, it was great having you on. I'm sure we'll have you on again. So, so thank it. you for Love everything. It. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm grateful and and uh, I'm uh, I'm excited to hang out with all the cool kids. And so, uh, so yeah, let's connect at Mega Leadership. If anybody wants to connect, uh, hit me up. Awesome. All right, we'll see you there. Thank you for tuning in to this month's episode. We hope and trust you learned something today. If you liked what you saw, be sure to like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our latest content.